And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser because, on Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're just young in the faith or stubborn. First, in the beginning, God knew what he was doing. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that God does not understand that is indisputable when it comes to people. He is our creator and knows all of our good and bad. Because he knows who we are, how we operate, and where we fail, he knew what to do, he knows what to do, and he always will know what to do to save us. Yeah. Next, loneliness is a real experience. Jesus expressed his connection to loneliness while he was on the cross, quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? People can experience loneliness even amid a crowd. Because he relates to us, he wants us to be free from the heaviness and the pain of loneliness. He stands by just waiting for us to respond to him. And finally, we examine the song of Zechariah. There are five components that we'll focus on. The father of John the Baptist prophesied regarding the forerunning forerunning ministry of his own son. And since Johnny B., Johnny Baptist, preceded Jesus in both physical and spiritual, what his dad has to say about Jesus and his impact on humanity is considerably important. And of course, because it's about the gospel, it's good news. This good news is how the truth about Christmas should be realized. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Although, not that much on politics, really. I mean, just to be honest. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanity is an oive, so much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Comes right to me live during the show. All of them, good and bad. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Comes right to me live during the show, good or bad. And then you can also call us at 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, it's always good because Kat and Chris will answer the phone and then you will be... Go. I like it. Uh, all right. So, bottom line, you got to remember, okay, 
any topics open for conversation. So maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a thought. Maybe you have an opinion. You got something that's rattling around. You're like, yeah, hey, I'm trying to figure this out or just want to understand this. You're welcome to call. That doesn't mean I always have the answers. I would never tell you that. I'm not your pastor, by the way. I'm your brother in the Lord. This is not your church. It's a fellowship, which in a sense, all fellowships are churches, so we don't want to get into the theological stripping of that apart. But what we do want to understand is we're here to encourage one another, to bless one another, to strengthen one another. That is our goal. So praise reports and prayer requests are encouraged, plus Bible trivia. Do we have a Bible trivia sound? I thought we used to have something like Bible trivia. I wonder why I went to that level, though, why we went to that. You know, instead of just like going, Bible trivia, we Bible trivia. I'm like, wow. Like it's an angel who's not happy about it or something. Anyhow, which two people from the Old Testament appeared with Jesus at the Transfiguration? Which two people from the Old Testament appeared with Jesus at his Transfiguration? One of the most underrated experiences in scripture people just completely completely miss it it's just completely amazing to me anyhow uh which two people in the old testament appeared uh, with jesus at his transfiguration if you think you know the answer you can call in that would be 972-445-0770 you can also text in 214-210-8483 and then you can send an email david at he must increase dot org what am i forgetting i think like i'm forgetting something somewhere like my brain is like going what are we forgetting uh let's see uh we have people that are responding doing a great job by the way just remember it's not professional radio relax people are like it's right oh i went to therapy yesterday i did want to tell you that it was terrible so uh, i don't want to say it was terrible because the guy was terrible but my normal guy wasn't there and so they had somebody else doing it and when i walked in they were like Oh, Mr. Spoon, the guy with the radio show. And I'm like, yes. And because of that, it looked like I had to do more things than I normally do. And I wasn't very happy about it. I was like, <laughs> I called up Noel. I said, I hate therapy. <laughs> she said, you're going to therapy. So that was a fun conversation. All right. Uh, I've laid that before you. We got that going on tomorrow. Don't forget to check out the website, the schedule that's going on. Uh, everybody should have that uh, on track so we won't be here on Friday. We are doing a best of. It's a good best of, I think. You know? I, well, I hope it's a good one. <laughs> and then we'll be back on track on Monday and uh, going through that week. And then on Friday again next week, we won't have a show because that'll be uh, New Year's. Okay? And so this week is all Christmassy geared. Like how I use those official words, Christmassy and then New Year's ish, you know, kind of thing. What do you think? Is that good? Very official. Yeah. It's very academic. Ooh. There we go. Breaking out the $5 words. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Remember, that was the word everybody used to say. Ah, what's the longest word you know? The longest word I know. David talking. Oh, wait, that's a phrase. Uh, let's get into the text. Don't forget the trivia question. Here we go. I want to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ in the first prophecy that we are technically aware of. Now, again, we're not splitting hairs. We're not looking for people to go, well, I read this and this, this. And this. Okay, fine. This is the general consensus, so everybody take a deep breath. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and I will put enmity, which is, means open hostility, between you and the woman, and between your seed, offspring, and her seed, offspring. He shall fatally, he shall bruise your head fatally, and you shall only bruise his heel. The first prophecy that we connect to Jesus typically is in Genesis 3.15 when it talks about the tension that's going to exist between the offspring of Mary and Satan and his offspring. Now, are you thinking, well, I know, but Mary, she's got her offspring is different because it's human. And then the snake, I mean, now you're talking about Satan or Lucifer as identified not just in the Old Testament, but specifically in the New Testament. They're talking about spirits there. And it's like, yep. That's right. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the offspring of humans and the offspring of Satan. Yep, that's that's it right there. And there's going to be tensions and frictions and warfare. But in the seed that's coming out of the offspring of the woman, that's going to crush Satan's head. Who's that? Jesus. And it's only going to bruise his heel which means little wounding, not much, okay? I'm just trying to get you to understand that. Let's understand the birth of Jesus as defined by the New Testament, but in the epistles, that's the letters. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Long ago and in many ways and at many times, God's prophets spoke his message to our ancestors. But now, at last, God has sent his Son— to bring his message to us. God created the universe by his son, and everything will someday belong to the son. God's son has all the brightness of God's own glory and is like him in every way. By his own mighty word, he holds the universe together. After the son has washed away our sins, he sat down at the right side of the glorious father in heaven. For people to understand what's going on, it's really important for you guys and for me to understand Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Jesus is not a nice picture of God. He is the exact being of God. He is the exact radiance of God. If you took a mirror and held it up to God, the reflection you would see back in there is Jesus. That's how we need to see it. That's how we need to think of it. God sent his son to bring a message, and the birth of Jesus is the beginning of this process. The reason people get upset about Christmas is the commercialism and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, nobody can really argue that. I mean, it's become just a huge industry, and it's way past the, the process. That's why, you know, people, I don't know, like the spoons, have a little sign that say Jesus is the reason for the season so as to try and make sure that people understand you can't spell Christmas without the word Christ. Okay, got that. We understand that. But it is celebratory in the context that this is the breach, the break. Everything in the Old Testament points to this. Everything from the New Testament points backwards to this. This is the defining moment. This 33 years is the change of history and time itself. It's the sun entering in. All right. Uh, in regards to the trivia, 
Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I will take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Is the David Spoon experience? Uh, let me tell you what I, I I'm I'm, to, I'm torn between the two. I'm twixt between the torn two. You want to know why? I've got the biggest breaking story ever. No, to you be need to do that first. Yeah. I just can't wait. More than more than my whole thing about the four way stop sign. Yep. You, you want me to do the number one story, That's ladies right. and gentlemen? You better get ready. Here's what. Here's my advice. I don't give this advice very often, and I don't give it uncheckfully. What's uncheckfully? I don't know. Here's the biggest story you have ever heard on the David Spoon Experience. If you have children who are listening, if you are not in a car, it's time to cover their errors or send them into another room. That's how chilling this is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it off the press literally within the last two and a half hours. Uh, Actually, it's less than two and a half hours ago. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have it right in my hands. Get ready. Do not, do not get nauseous when you hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that as of today, the Navy, the United States Navy, officially has made its proclamation. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? Are you listening? This is the most important thing ever. You ready? That Captain Crunch is a fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Navy has declared that Captain Crunch... I do not buy it. No, listen to this. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Captain Crunch has three stripes on his cuffs, and that signifies a commander and not a captain. So uh, the United States Navy has made it absolutely known today, Captain Crunch, nay... He nay a captain. Nay. Now, it is true. Are the cereal? No. Commander Crunch? Yes, Commander Crunch. That's the new. That's why I told you, don't let your kids hear this. It is possible that that uniform could represent either German or Portuguese Navy. They are not sure because all of those uniforms were lost with uh, their great navies. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Al wanted to know if we were live today. We are live, not vibrant, 
but alive. <laughs> We're live. I mean, that's a good way to say it. Uh, I want to give you a quick update before we get into the trivia question and to the humor. So Kirk sent me an email back about the baby River. So River uh, doing better, but they're going to keep him in NICU for the meantime just to make sure his sugar levels are okie-dokie. And so his mom, Gwen, has to stay, like, right across the street uh, so that she can come and feed him at proper times. I know all about this just with Julianne and that whole process we went through. So let's just pray real quickly for uh, Kirk's uh, great-grandson, uh, River, and the, mo- the mom, Gwen. So let's pray real fast. Father, we come before you right now and lift up uh, both River to you and just praying that all of his levels would be just fantastic and that he would just be doing better and he'd be released quickly. And we also specifically pray for Gwen that she would not be overwhelmed with fear. It's not an easy situation, and it's it's simple for fear to crack open and make a bigger uh, uh, play than it should be. And so we're asking that instead of that, you would you would challenge that with the peace that comes from you that nobody can understand and nobody can match. And we ask you to pour that peace into Gwen's heart and mind. Where we pray for the entire family in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we want to keep praying for people like that. Just keep it going. You just keep everybody, you know, standing in it together. It's kind of how we do it. All right. Uh, what do we got? Trivia question? Trivia question. I know we have a trivia question somewhere, somewhere. Uh, true or false? Ooh, 50-50. Anybody who saw Jesus's miracles automatically became a believer in Jesus. True or false? So I just sipped my tea during the middle of that. That was pretty good, huh? True or false? Anybody who saw Jesus' miracles automatically became a believer in Jesus. Is that true or is that false? Okay, that's the that's the question. And we got somebody who's calling in. Ready? Here we go. Ready? I'm leaning. <laughs> this is David. Who am I talking to? Boom, this is Paul Bolt. Uh, found the tater tot. Hey, tater, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing great. So I want to tell everybody, Paul sent me a picture with tater tots, and it had a kind of revolving tater tots in it. <laughs> See how you start something? And I, thought it just... you were, I thought you were serious. <laughs> well, that's, uh, well, well, that's, that, that's only when I tell my wife, I'm not eating this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I got an answer for you. All right, my friend. Here we go. True or false? True or false? Anybody who saw Jesus' miracles automatically became a believer in Jesus. That would be false. You are correct, sir! You better know that I am. That is, you are absolutely correct. You could just pick the the ten lepers. You could just use that one story where you have only one that comes back and, and says thank you, and the other nine don't even bother. And Jesus is like, that's the only one that got saved. It's like you could tell what's going on right there. That right and, in that. And there's other there's other moments where they told him that he was doing that by the spirit of the devil. Exactly. Exa- excellent point. So, so people will look at that and they'll go, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly it. Even though the Lord shows them the miracle, there's a greater miracle that takes place when a person's heart opens up and they say yes. Amen. That's the greatest miracle of all. Absolutely. All Excellent. Right, brother, well, hey, you have a Merry Christmas, and um, we'll talk to you again soon. You got it. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Excellent job. We think that's fantastic. Okay? All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Bye. 
we got a cool audience. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, yeah, you still got to put up with jokes. Uh, you thought Paul got you out of that? That, is, that didn't happen. All right, here we go. <laughs> nice try. I don't know if uh, if uh, Aunt Deb is listening, but I got another cat one. But this is a good one. <laughs> so we're gonna I got ju- the buzzer ready. Yeah, I get the buzzer ready. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, just w- work with me till I get to the end, okay? All right. The one after this is brilliant, but this one you got to get through. A young son of a Baptist minister was in church one morning when he saw for the first time the rite of baptism by immersion. He was greatly interested in it, and the next morning proceeded to baptize his three cats in the bathtub. The first kitten bore it very well, and so did the other young cat, but the old family cat rebelled. It struggled with him, clawed and tore away until it got away. When considerable effort, with considerable effort, he caught it again and proceeded with the ceremony. But the, sh- the cat acted worse than ever, clawed him, spit, scratched all over his hands and face. Finally, and barely getting splattered with the water, he dropped her on the floor in disgust and said, Fine, be an atheist. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Hey, I'm doing a little redemption on the cat stuff. Leave me alone. Here's the next one. While shaking hands with the pastor after worship, Mrs. Jones noticed he had a rather bad cut on his face. Why, pastor, what happened? How did you cut your face, she asked. Well, I was thinking about my sermon this morning while I was shaving, the pastor replied. I guess I wasn't concentrating and cut myself in the process. Well, that's too bad, Mrs. Jones replied. Next time you should concentrate on your shaving and cut your sermon. There you go. Come on. Come on. It's funny. It's a little funny. All right, let's uh, get into the next part of the text. We don't stop here, do we? We are open every day, closed on Mondays. (laughs) We're dark on Mondays. Uh, See, if you've been to Vegas, you'd know why that's funny. Uh, All right, here we go. There's the second thing I want to talk about real quickly for this first uh, entryway into Christmas. Tomorrow will be the second entryway. We will be live tomorrow as well. Loneliness. I want to talk about loneliness. Loneliness is a real process for people during the holidays. Okay? I want you to understand something about loneliness. I read this in the intro, but it's really good, so I want to read it again. Loneliness is a real experience. Jesus expressed his connection to it while he was on the cross in quoting Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? People can experience loneliness even amidst a crowd. But the Lord knows that and wants us to be free from the heaviness and the pain of loneliness. So he stands by just waiting for us to respond to him. You think, well, he does? He stands by waiting for Yes. First and foremost, let's understand how much God understands the loneliness process. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, one of the most famous passages ever in regards to Christmas. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. One of the things that people need to recognize is that the Lord is identifying his position in our lives by some of these names that we've talked about. We discussed the names in the first 30 minutes from the Old Testament. Here in the New Testament, the first name that's being offered for the Lord is Emmanuel, which is God is with us. Get it? He's with us. He's not... 
Uh, he's. It's not just that he's for us, which he is for us. That's Romans eight thirty, uh, the eight thirty one two three. But he is with us. He never departs from us. In Matthew 1, he's with us. In Matthew 28, he's with us. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He starts the gospel and he finishes the gospel by saying the same thing. I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm here for you. So what seems to be the problem or what's the disconnect? It's here in Revelation chapter 3. Verse 20, he doesn't want us to have that feeling of being alone. He wants us to operate in the power of the truth, and he makes a passionate plea. Revelation 3.20, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. He's knocking on our hearts, and when we're engaged in some of that loneliness, the enemy is not stupid. He uses that tactic to to, to try and accuse God or accuse you of being unworthy to have God connect to you. And the Lord's response in the last book of the Bible, written to a church— as I am right here knocking on your door. Just open it. And so many people are like, um, well, I need to I need to see Skittles in the sky and I need to have, you know, stars shooting left and right and stuff like this. Really? How about this? He's right there. He says he's right there. Open up the door of your heart. Even if you're a believer and you're in that loneliness place, Emmanuel is knocking on your door, saying, I want to be with you. I want to have uh, a friendship with you that you will always be confident that I am always here for you. Now, I've done a lot of teaching over the years and a lot of study in theology and blah, 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 blah. I just find it fascinating, more than any of the other stuff, that the beginning of Matthew's gospel and the end of Matthew's gospel say the same thing. I just find that to be cool. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. There are times I've gone through it, and I, even in a crowd, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. Even when you're in a crowd, you feel like, mm, nobody gets me, nobody understands me. And you kind of have that, uh, it's not really a feeling sorry for yourself, but it is, you're, you are alone, you're feeling alone. And the thing to remember is that the Lord gets you. Even if other people don't get everything you're going through, and they don't, God gets you. And through Jesus Christ, with you forever. Yes, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, but when you're operating in the pain of loneliness, there's some shut-off buttons that we operate with. And what the Lord's trying to do is get us to open it back up, okay? That's a big part of Christmas. The Lord is with you, okay? All right. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, 
then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Can I blow your mind? You know, I did this with you before, but on a different text. I love this text. You will love this text because you and I are sci-fi people. You'll love this. I mean, this is one of those, oh, goodness gracious, that's so good. Uh, 1 Samuel 23, 10 through 12. 1 Samuel 23, 10 through 12. Okay, 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 okay. 1 Samuel 23, 10 through 12 says this, Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard for certain that Saul is seeking to come to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down just as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, will the men surrender me and my men to the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. I love this portion because people, we, we think in these boxes and we force God into our theology and say he must conform here, which is just insanity by itself. Here's a situation where David hears that Saul is coming down to try and get him. And he's asking, will the people of the city surrender me? I've helped them. I've defended them. I've given them some deliverance. Is, is Saul going to come in and change their mind and they're going to give me up? And the Lord says, yeah, that's going to happen. Now, if you read the rest of the passage in 1 Samuel 23, David leaves. So he is not surrendered to Saul by the men of the city. But what I want you to catch is this. God knew what the outcome was going to be if David stayed and what the outcome was going to be if David left. In other words, God knew the alternate universe or the alternate pathway that was taking place. We've talked about this before. It's one of those cool thoughts where we don't think of it in these terms. But remember, David says to God, hey, uh, are they going to give me up? And the Lord's like, yeah, they're going to give you up. That's what's going to happen. So you need to make a decision and go a different direction so we can have a different outcome. And it's like God knew what the outcome was if they gave him up, and God knew what the outcome was if he left. God knew what it would be if it went if he went left or right, if we went west, east, north, or south. God knew what the outcome was going to be no matter what, because God is omniscient. He knows all things, which means he knows every alternate route. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's take a moment. Lewis has got a granddaughter that's going to be born any day, which means everybody's on alert. Okay, just in case you don't know that, it's like an alert throughout the family. Uh, so let's just pray. They just want everything to go well. Let's just pray that real fastly. Father, we come before you. Real fastly. I'm sorry, Lord. Uh, we come before you, uh, and we are praying right now for Camilla. That's her Camilla, K-A-M-I-L-A. Lord, you know better than me. Here's the bottom line. I'm just praying for the family, praying for the mom, praying for the baby, praying for the, the uh, extended families, the grandparents, that everybody be at peace and everything would be well. And we pray to hear nothing but great news, blessing news uh, that comes from Lewis and from his family, uh, that everything is fantastic. And we just ask that this child would be influenced and 
under your influence and be filled with the Holy Spirit and let her just be a blessing to others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, and we got. And let me tell you something. Anytime you got something going on like that, you pray about it. That's what you do. You ask the Lord. I mean, and and I I will tell you this tactic. I've been using this for a long time. When somebody asks you to pray, don't say sure and then go home. You want to know why? Because eighty percent plus, you're gonna go. What was I supposed to do? I know I'm supposed to do something. It's like just pray right then and there. Or if you walk away, pray as soon as you walk away. Whatever it is. Because that way it keeps it genuine. Okay? All right. All right. I don't really like that trivia question. Let's do this one. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I just changed my mind on this trivia question. God promised what? God promised that a married couple would miraculously have a child. The husband was 100 years old and the wife was 90 years old. What were their names? Uh, if you don't get this right, I'm going to have to come through the microphone and hit you on the head with a wet noodle. Okay? All right. You've been warned. I, I'm telling you. God promised that a married couple would miraculously have a child. The husband was 100 years old and the wife 90 years old. What was their name? Okay? Okay. All right. Sorry. Right. Okay. Got somebody ready to answer? I'm not giving out the number because somebody's already answering. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. It's a wheel. I'm sorry. Who's this? Wheel. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm a good. I hope you're better. I am better. I'm doing. I'm doing really good. I got to tell you. And and I'm and a little secret. I I told my wife. You know, we I don't have to buy presents for anybody for Christmas except for her. And it wasn't hard to wrap them. So I'm done. <laughs> I'm like I ain't got nothing to do. I'm fine. <laughs> All right, my friend, you ready to answer this? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. I'm going to have a lot of confidence in you. God promised that a married couple would miraculously have a child. The husband was 100 years old and the wife 90 years old. What were their names? Well, there are a number of places where God promised couples to have children. Correct. But being 190, I think that's Abraham and Sarah. That is correct, Amanda. You are right. That is exactly correct. Now, here's the thing about that that people don't realize. The original promise in the Genesis 15, uh, 14, 13 realm, that was 25 years earlier that the initial promise came. And it was 25 years before it was fulfilled. And people don't yep. realize that's why they were. That's why Sarah said to Abraham, "Hey, like, like I'm going to give you Hagar. Let's have something. We got to, we got to help this situation along." And that's how they got Ishmael because they tried to fulfill the promise of God on their own, which is like bad plan. Well, God seems slow to us, but He's right on time for Him. Exactly. That is exactly right, my brother. His timing is perfect. We're going to talk about God's timing tomorrow. That is it. He has the perfect watch. Ours is off time. Excellent job. Very good. You have a Merry Christmas, sir. All right. You too. Merry Christmas, sir. Bye-bye. God bless you. All right. Rolling. Rolling. Ro okay. So I got to stop doing that. <laughs> By the way, Noelle wants to come up with another uh, song for sailing. She likes the sailing, but she wants to have like interspersing songs. So I just want to let you know, you just start working on that. <laughs>
<laughs> my wife tells me start, you know, intermixing songs. Yeah, you got to do it. All right, history. Let's do history. Let's go. All right, a uh, couple things to tell you. Today is National Cookie Exchange Day. I think any day that has the word cookie in it, I'm good. <laughs> I don't care. You know, cookie exchange, cookie this, cookie that, cookie, uh, cookie monster. I don't care. Is it cookie? Okay. Uh, National Date Nut Bread Day. You like date nut bread? I like all those things. <laughs> you just don't even like them together? That's funny. <laughs> Uh, 1882 on this day, the first Christmas tree with electric lights. See, this is kind of fun stuff. Uh, if you guys can remember this for two days, you'd be the smartest person in the whole, <laughs> in the whole, the whole thing. Uh, Edward Johnson had a set of 80 red, white, and blue electric incandescent light bulbs wired together for his home Christmas tree. Uh, he was an associate of Thomas Edison, vice president of Edison Electric Light Company. Uh, electric bulbs were too expensive for the average home, and uh, people didn't have time to do that, and you couldn't do it with candles. Hello? That doesn't work. Candles, tree, fire, bad, right? So uh, you could actually rent a Christmas tree in the early 1900s for about $12 a day, which is roughly about 350 bucks today for a day. This is thinking, that's my Christmas money. What are you doing? That's the whole thing. What are you doing? For a tree, I just have to borrow the neighbor's tree and try and return it with duct tape. Uh, also, in 1891, perforated uh, toilet paper was invented. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, 18, 1937, the Lincoln Tunnel opened to traffic in New York City. And, uh, and that's all. That's all we're going to do. All right, let's get back to the text. If you don't mind, I want to get into the... Did we cover everything? Oh, we didn't do. We didn't get to announce the website. We do need to have to have you do that. That we're we're not. I'm not gonna this year. I'm I'm in 2022. I'm not gonna shy away from asking people to help us because we need to help. Okay. If you can give, give. If you can't, don't worry and don't be offended that I'm asking to give. If you are like on a tight budget, whatever, you're released. <laughs> I released you. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but you're free. But if you have are in a position to give, give. Help us out. That'd be fantastic. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. Now, one thing I do want to mention real quick as we get in the teaching, I cannot respond to everybody on the texts. I'm getting, you guys have to know that the text numbers are getting into the 30s and 40s, and it gets hard to respond to everybody per show. Okay. When we have our two hour show, oh, sorry, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through, actually, we're going to do verse 76 through 79 instead of doing that whole thing. This is called the Song of Zechariah. Now, he's got a longer song. In fact, the Song of Zechariah is Luke 1, 67 through 79. That's where it all is. But we're concentrating on basically four verses the four verses that have to do with Jesus and what Jesus is going to accomplish in humanity. Here's Luke chapter 1, verse 76. Uh, you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. Verse 77, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Let's just start right there. 
the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Can I tell you that early on in Luke chapter 1, Luke, as a brilliant author as he uh, was and is because he's still alive today, as you know, he's just living in heaven. Here's the bottom line. He tells people ahead of time, salvation is not going to be something that you earn. It's never going to work. Salvation is not a checkbook where you have pluses and minuses and you're hoping at the end of the day there's a dollar. Okay, That's not salvation. Sorry. Salvation is this, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. The way that we get to salvation is the knowledge of, of that the process of the forgiveness of our sins is how we step into it. It's not what you do. It's not how brilliant you are. I can promise you it's not how brilliant I look. (laughs) I'll just leave that there. Or how coordinated I am. That's right. It's definitely not that either, Mr. Knee. Uh, But the bottom line is salvation comes through the forgiveness of their sins. That is exactly the song of Zechariah, the first thing he says about the salvation that's coming in the New Testament. How powerful is that? I mean, just start right there. That's it. Good. I'm good. I'm going home now. It's through the forgiveness of sins. Man, I need that. Verse 78. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. What is it that brought Jesus towards us to become one of us? Well, we know it's the love that he has for us. It's no, he, We know it's him redeeming us in relationship. But in Zechariah's prophecy, he also says it's because of God's tender mercy. It's not even just mercy. It's tender mercy. It's a softness in regards to the heart of God towards us. It shows the heart of God is soft towards his people. Isn't that nice? I love that. All right. We're going to take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. 
continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry, okay, just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story. Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half. And his eyes are red. And he looks at me and he says, this is how the Lord hurts for you. And that was it. Bam. It was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my, you know, my pride attitude and my, my over arrogance and my, my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and all I could think of was Jesus wept. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770. The truth station here in Texas. Here comes your last trivia question. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be related to Christmas, though, so everybody relax. Okay, here we go. Which Old Testament prophet, having somewhat of a knowledge of lions, had a dream about four beasts? See, I threw that other part in to help people out. Which Old Testament prophet, having somewhat of a knowledge of lions... Had a dream about four beasts. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, or you can stand outside and go, hey, David. Nothing will happen with that last one, but it's funny. So what are you going to do? We covered everything. Tomorrow we will be live. Somebody is calling in, so we'll get that. But... Well, we will be live tomorrow. It'll be kind of the same kind of show as it is today. We're not going to do as much expository. I'm going to do more uh, topical teach kind of stuff because I like doing that. And I'm going to do that again for New Year's. And then by the time we're done with that, we'll probably be in, I think, eight or nine expository books at that point. So it's just like, I don't know what that sound was, but that's what we're going to have. Are we ready for the person to answer the question? Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Awesome to hear from you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. This uh, now I gave that big hint because I was being nice because that was kind of a big hint, right? But here's so here's right. the question: Which Old Testament prophet, having somewhat of a knowledge of lions, had a dream about four beasts? 
I think it was Daniel. That is correct. You are right. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. If I had just said the four beasts, would you have been there stuck between Ezekiel and Daniel for a little bit? No, I would have immediately thought Daniel for some reason. Good for you. That's a great answer. That's my only hesitation in giving that question is I was wondering if people get stuck like going, well, what about Ezekiel? And it's like, no, no, it'd be Daniel, but I don't know how to you know, I try to get people away from that. Good job, Deborah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Well, God bless you, and I hope you and Captain Chris have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. We appreciate that greatly. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, this show people. This is great. All right. So we just did uh, Song of Zechariah. We did Knowledge of Salvation Through the Forgiveness of Sins. Now, the reason that's important is because you don't earn your salvation. You don't deserve your salvation. You receive your salvation. Now, there's some people in the Christian world that are good Christian people that are like, oh, it's not really about receiving and accepting. And it's like, yes, it is. It's the same Greek word. It means the exact same thing. Uh, that's just that's just semantics in the sense of, you know, I, I want to be more King James or something. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're going to move on from there. Just read uh, John chapter 1, verse 9 and 14. You'll figure it out. Uh, Song of Sol- so Song of Zechariah, knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And the next thing is the, the because of God's tender mercy, the morning light uh, from heaven that was about to, to shine that's another wonderful element now here's the next three they're all in one verse so i want to make sure to try and get them all in here's what it says to give light to those who sit in darkness now you might be thinking well we talked about uh, christmas you talk about electricity no <laughs> yeah sure we're talking about electricity <laughs> Everybody should have a Christmas tree with lights on it. Here's the bottom line. Light to those who sit in darkness are those who have darkness of mind. You have darkness in your mind. Typically, people will identify that as depression. But ironically, depression is actually a word that has to do with somebody taking a thumb and pushing something down. So depression is more of a deep push, like a push downward motion, whereas darkness of mind is more of a lost confusion. Uh, reaching out, not finding any answers. Jesus brings light to those who are sitting in darkness. That darkness is very real. The reason that our nation is as drug-oriented as it is is because people are suffering. That is why that happens. The, uh, The education and the wisdom and the knowledge of man has given us a capacity to create certain medicines. And many of those medicines are excellent, by the way, so don't get the wrong idea. But Jesus is the best answer for a mind that is in darkness because he brings the light. Why? Because he's the light of the world. That's why. The next thing it says is to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Beyond that darkness stage is the people that are past that darkness and are contemplative about not continuing. And before you think, well, you know, that's uh, the most mortal sin ever, it's like, no, it's not. That's just, that's not even close, okay? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, and nobody should ever think anything different, because that's what the Scripture says. But people who are in the shadow of death have moved past the darkness in their mind and are trying to exit the whole scenario. That's what it's talking about. And the, and the reality is that Light is a breakthrough light, an opportunity for what? For hope. When darkness overwhelms and there is no hope, 
that's when the shadow of death comes around. Jesus brings hope. Maybe a person doesn't understand all the theology, doesn't like some of the church stuff. Hey, quite frankly, I don't like some of the church stuff. I like some of it. I don't like a lot of it. It's like, okay, fine. That has nothing to do with any of it. Jesus is the light for those who sit in darkness and the breakthrough light for those who go deeper. It's as though there's a well and it goes down deep and Jesus is like, you know those little lights that they break and then they drop in there and it shows light all the way down? That's what Jesus is like for those people and for us situationally. And then the last thing that Zechariah prophesies after he says to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Even if you're not in the midst of darkness, even if you're not past the darkness, one of the promises that comes about from the birth of Jesus Christ is a guided path to peace. And I am telling you, because I am a person who's been involved in recreational pharmaceuticals, that the majority of pursuits past the initial interest of, I just want to check it out and see what it does, is the desire to find some kind of quieting of the mind or some type of rest or some type of peace of mind. And Jesus Christ is the pathway to peace. When people drink... It's not, you know, the majority of people that drink, drink mildly, and they drink to a degree, okay? But when you're drinking your brains out, you're trying to numb your mind, okay? All you have to do is ask, why? And that's because you don't want your mind active. And that peace that Jesus offers is real. It's permanent. doesn't mean you don't have to fight for it, but he shows the pathway of peace, and that, these five principles, the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, the tender mercy showing God's heart, the light of darkness for people in, that are stuck in there mentally, the shadow of death who are people who are so stuck they can't move and they don't want to live anymore, and then a guiding path that brings us to peace. These are five simple components or principles that come out of the prophecy that come from Zechariah in Luke chapter 1, all of them connected to Jesus. We know that because verse 76 says, you, my little son, will called the prophet of the Most High. You will prepare the way for the Lord to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. On top of that, I want to say this. Every Christian who is listening to my voice, and every person who's not a Christian, which, by the way, right now is a good time to make that decision to become a Christian, just say, God, I ask for your help, for your forgiveness, for your grace and mercy. Please come live in my life. I pray these things, and thank you for the work that Jesus did for me on the cross. Just pray that right now. You will be saved. You can call the show. We'll talk to you afterwards. But for us who are Christians, that path of peace is important to keep us going consistently in the faith in a world full of turmoil. In the world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world.
Now, isn't that? It's like, yay! It's like, yay! Right? That's what it should be. So I know that some of you won't be able to listen tomorrow. You can always listen by podcast if you go to the website, hemustincrease.org. And it doesn't cost anything. We don't get anything for it. There's nothing like that. We don't exist like that. But some of you will uh, be going into family, and you just you need to remember this one word. I'm going to be one brilliant word. I don't know that it's from the Lord, so I'm just going to say it kind of could be from the Lord. Okay? All right. Ready? Ready? As in regards to everything that's coming up this next week, relax. Okay? Nothing is going to happen that God doesn't know. Nothing's going to take place with your family that's going to catch him off guard. Take a deep breath. (gasps) Be thankful to the Lord for everything. Trust him. He's with you. He loves you. He wouldn't put up with everything you did if he didn't love you. Just like you wouldn't put up with a lot of people if you didn't love them, right? Okay. All right. Let's close it with prayer, and then we'll be finished for the show. Father, we come before you, and we thank you and praise you and worship you. Thank you for this uh, prophecy from Zechariah and these five things that we get to see and these wonderful elements that draw us closer to you. We are so appreciative of the gracefulness, and thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the birth. Thank you for the grace. It is in his name that we pray these things. May you always be glorified. Amen. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.